The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. I'm going to talk about breaking the language barriers, that uh, what I do in my church. So we have, as you heard from our pastor, that we have people from 46 different language groups. No, 46 different uh, nationalities. And then, uh, so we wanted to um, uh, approach them that we have... Uh, a worship service in oneness. Out of those uh, efforts, we have crea- created one special thing. Maybe you may heard, I mean, you know, you, you are involved in ESL a lot, but we have a special like a language resource center we have in our church. So this time will be just to, when I heard that I have to have this break session, oh, can I just be a part and enjoy the day and listening to others, you know? And then I was in the midst of all different life changes. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I feel a little mm. awkward if mm. I'm trying to talk while you're talking mm. because yeah, it is yeah, yeah, right. So, um, all right, then I'll you do. Can, you can say a phrase, sure. and then I can translate to Spanish. Mm-hmm. If the, if that, then you can um, do the. We have our special thing in church in our church in uh, beside ESL or KSL or SSL. <laughs> No, heaven on earth, breaking the language barriers, what we do mm-hmm. in First Baptist Toulouse in Georgia. So it was all began with the Revelation 7 9. Would, uh, Ross, would you read this one, please? After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Yeah. Dice, después de esto vi, y ahí enfrente de mí una gran multitud que nadie podía contar de toda nación, tribu, pueblo y lenguaje, uh, estando de pie delante del trono y ante el cordero. Okay, I'll just pass so you know what that means, right? So, mm-hmm. so this is my title, actually. Este es mi título. One Voice Ministry Coordinator. Coordinador del Ministerio de Una Voz. And also, I also help Global Ministry Assistant. And this One Voice uh, Ministry of our church began with this Romans 15.6. That together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the location of our church is very convenient. Many other church like our Korean church, they want to have their own service in our church, just renting the church facility. But our uh, vision and mission is not to have just to rent, uh, have them just use our church facility. We wanted to have our uh, pastor wanted to have all the nations come together and uh, have worship service together. Yeah, one voice. But we have different languages. So how can we serve those who cannot fully understand English? So it came from here. And I want to introduce my name, Z. This is my real name. Lee Seung-hee. This one is, uh, we, uh, we put family name first. And this is Seung-hee, my uh, 
first name. And this is uh, in Korea. You you can write uh, your name in in Chinese letters. This is Yi Seung Hee. So I came. I mean, I was a missionary, but anyhow, so my name can be written. I have to write this Seung Hee Lee in my in my official documents. It's my passport name. So, but usually they omit this uh, he because they thought this is middle name, but it's not actually Sunghi. But I didn't make a dash because it sounds Sunghi. It's a boy's name, so I didn't like. <laughs> I mean, this is a like yeah. So, and also, uh, and I um, I am married to a Baptist husband, a pastor. He's a Korean. But he usually Koreans use last name L E E, but somehow he made his a uh, passport name R H E. So <laughs> we are the only Korean family having this last name. And for the convenience of English people, I made myself Cindy. It's not because of something, but because it's a sound like when I say I'm Cindy, they hear Cindy, so I became Cindy. Cindy Lee, and then Cindy Lee. I wanted to say my name in different ways because it's my identity here in America, you know? So it's like a confused identity, you know what I mean? So in Korea, I just go by this one. Then here, I have to explain about my name. What This is my official name, but I go by Cindy, and my name, me, the meaning of... So I think it, my, the explaining my name represents what the immigrants or non-native Americans are experiencing living in America. So actually, um, our church is helping to these confused identity to be in one uh, worship service, one voice worshiping God together. Actually, the Chinese letter rapid, this sun means connecting. He means a girl. And actually, this he only was given to a king's daughter a long time ago. So, this one uh, means connecting girl. So, I'm actually, ever since I became a missionary to Operation Mobilization, I'm living as my name. I'm connecting between God and people in many ways. And and many people think that in character wise my character is very good at connecting people so um, yeah I have three homes South Korea where I was born Logos 2 it's a mission ship by Operation Mobilization I was living uh, on the ship um, uh, for two years and with the uh, uh, training this became my second uh, home and then I was traveling many countries on um, Logos 2 and we had uh, people from 35 different nationalities serving together yeah. so actually this church I'm serving now is actually from 46 different nationalities I'm doing exactly the same things that I was doing on mission ship 
iglesia donde sirvo ahorita hay seis nacionalidades y estoy haciendo lo mismo que hacía en el barco misionero. And then as a family, me and my husband and our three sons came to America nine years ago. And then uh, last year, exactly one, one and a, uh, like a few days ago, we got green card. So we became, the America became our third home. So Gavin, my husband and I were uh, called to be in uh, serving in Duluth uh, First Baptist because they were in need of connecting between Korean people and to our church. So my husband was at that time was the uh, student body, uh, president of the student student body of uh, New Orleans, uh, Lang, uh, sorry, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary Korean class, which is our church is hosting. So he uh, came, uh, became an intern, and then I came to translate, interpret the uh, sermon to Korean. And then uh, our church uh, made a uh, possible of one voice ministry, and then uh, under one voice ministry, there are three categories that we are, we are doing in the church. Language Resource Center. And then we have a live interpretations and language programs such as uh, ESL, uh, Korean as a second language, and Spanish as a second language, and citizenship class. And then we have also global ministries. Since we have a uh, multi-ethnic people coming under our church, which was born uh, from 46 different, nation, different um, nations. And also global ministry do, does uh, cultural events of our church. And then background of One Voice Language Ministries are because our members are from 46 different uh, nations. And then maybe you got this idea from when my our pastor was uh, giving a lecture today. So most common origin of the, our community, uh, first one, Mexico, India, Korea, but Mac- Indian doesn't need to speak uh, English. They are fluent in English. So Spanish, Korean, and we have a, a Chinese, big Chinese population. So Spanish, Korean, I'm preparing to have a, a Vietnamese interpretation, but we don't have a, a Vietnamese attending the chur- service yet, so we have a, a Chinese, Mandarin Chinese instead. Mm-hmm. And also this, uh, this ministry wanted to lightening language barriers for oneness in worship and ministries. That's the purpose. We did this uh, Romans 15:6. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of God, uh, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. As I read. Okay, so we have a language resource center. And it provides the following Bibles in different languages. So if you visit our church, you can have your Bible in your own language. There are quite a few people visiting, they never had a Bible before. So we we offer uh, evangelism booklets in different languages. Church information brochures in Korean, Chinese, Spanish, Portuguese, and Vietnamese. You can see the sample over there. 
And Sunday sermon note in our Korean, Chinese, Spanish. We translate that. And every given Sunday, we do live interpretations in Korean, Mandarin, Chinese, and Spanish. And we have also five volunteers rotate to serve on Sundays in in the Language Resource Center to hand out the receivers for the interpretation and to guide them. These are the uh, language brochures that we uh, provide. So this is very practical for the ESL students and visitors or uh, church members. Um, And then these are the samples of uh, Korean summer notes. This is our language resource center. All right. Uh, we uh, live interpretations. When I came, we didn't have this uh, interpretation booth. So I was sitting outside the sanctuary, cold and hot, and then did the live interpretations. And then uh, four, mm, and then two, a couple of uh, years later, we made this interpretation booth possible. So now we have a Spanish, Chinese, and Korean uh, live interpretations going on every Sunday. And this is the uh, just the photo of that, that you can see how I do. I don't wear this Korean costume every Sunday. <laughs> but it was a special East Asia New Year's Day, so I was wearing my costume and interpreting. Yeah, we have, uh, how many are they? Nine uh, different uh, live interpreters from uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Malaysia, Ecuador, Mexico, and South Korea. So they are all our members. It's just wonderful. You know, God brought us all together. And actually, when my husband and I came, they said we had been praying for Korean interpreters for three years. So, I was the answer, God's answer of the prayer for three years. <laughs> mm. And also, these are the receivers on Sunday morning when you visit our church. You will see this is a language resource center. And then we have volunteers to giving out the receivers and then give them guidance how to use that or something like that. This is our Korean member. His family do not speak English, like her, just greetings. But because we have a Korean pastor and Korean interpreter, they could come and then became our member and they were baptized and very active members. If there is no interpretation, they would never like uh, consider to visit our church. So, so I just uh, put some photos of our language resource center. So, mm-hmm. you see the world map. Uh, these are the booklets that uh, Bibles and then uh, church brochures and some information from Southern Baptist Convention and and soccer and what's going on in a church. Mm-hmm. This is the was given from Chinese missionary to gift to, to us. I forgot what does that mean. It was like a praise God, something like that. And we uh, put some different nationalities, pictures. Mm-hmm. And then this is the lounge. She's my mom, passed away two years ago. And my friend wanted to put my mom's, mom's photo of that, so it was very... Awesome. And we welcome people. So when you walk in this room, you can see different languages, so they would feel welcome and comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
So we uh, put the someone uh, uh, notes here, and then we uh, give them this information about live interpretation, and they can put, you know, place a magnet on your birth nation, so they can have a fun time, you know. So these are the people who have been visiting or who become our members. Yeah. So it's literally kind of all over the world, you know. And this is a special thing, hunger, that on African garment symbolizing hospitality. So we have a, a, a member from, um, what is that? Uganda, and then uh, they uh, present this to our pastor. So one Easter Sunday, all the uh, foreigners came out and then wrote their signatures. So we put this in LRC to represent um, welcoming and, you know. And also we have a special connection to India. So Good News Bible Club. Um, so uh, uh, by the help of um, Georgia Baptist Convention, we uh, provided a, a medical uh, bus to Orissa in India, which is the most persecuted uh, area in India. So we sent uh, once a year the medical team, and then it's going on there. So they are doing the um, mission and uh, helping medical um, things in India. Mm. And this is our sanctuary. And the other side, we put our uh, representing our church members, 46 different uh, uh, flags. Mm. So sometimes when they come, they say, like, oh, where is my flag? It's very bad. Can I be in the front or something like that? <laughs> and, you know, all the nations. This is the view of the Language Resource Center. Mm -hmm. And also we do translate uh, for the materials like a church information, like a brochure, but also when we give out the uh, welcoming letter or some church event, we translate to Korean, Mandarin, uh, Korean, Chinese, and Spanish so that they would feel that, uh, oh, this church cares for me, uh, my language. So. Mm -hmm. Also, we have language programs, English as a second language, Korean as a second language, and occasionally we open Spanish as a second language. All right, I'm actually, uh, this is the uh, statistics from last, I mean, until uh, year, school year of 2018, 2019. So, the statistics of the year 2018-2019. students, ESL from 36 different uh, countries. And then they all uh, speak 28 different languages. And then 367 students registered. And then uh, regularly, they attend like a 40 or 50 uh, uh, each Wednesday morning and evening. Uh, so we have a ESL program, like a 40 minutes of teaching and 20 minutes of session, a break session for the sing-along with the gospel song. And, um, and some uh, higher time, and then another uh, 40 minutes uh, studying. And then they come back for reading club, which is uh, we make up a Bible story in a short form. So they practice how reading, 
they practice reading and also they discuss about that Bible story they just read. This was the um, like a potluck party in the end of the school year. Um, Actually, um, I made, um, evening ESL was uh, going on like many decades in our church. And, um, but uh, actually, I myself made morning ESL two years ago. I felt like God was compelling to make morning ESL, so we began. So, for the break time, I wanted to, um, because I'm the in-between of American culture and foreign culture, it was easy for me to say about American culture. So I'm teaching for, for that 15-minute uh, break session about the American cultures and manners, such as, I mean, you know, um, when you have these different nationalities in your, uh, in one, um, as a one church body, sometimes there's conflicts, not because you don't like the other person, but because the way they behave. So, although they behave naturally according to their cultural background, but it's, it can be offensive to the other culture. So, for instance, uh, what does this mean in America? Go away. But this is come here in Korean. So, it's come here in Korean, but this is it can be looking as go away, right? So it's huge difference. So I, I, and also there is a, in Korea we have, we have a small land, but many people, so it's easy to. And we never say excuse me. <laughs> but in here, America is really, really frustrating, you know? In Korea, you don't say excuse me? No, because it's everyday life. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we don't have this social uh, social space uh, concept in Korea. So, okay. So we when we are in the market, we just to sit back next to uh, behind, like very close each other. <laughs> but in America, it's really rude and uncomfortable things. But if American members talk about this to the foreign students in ESL, they will be, mm, but I'm in between. <laughs> so it's easy for me to share the story. So uh, for this uh, break time, I, I, I'm uh, teaching the American cultures. So I'm, I'm always uh, say that it's, it's not something, this is right, this is wrong. It's not like that. It's different. But we have to understand not to be uh, offended or not to offend. But since we are in America, we chose to live here. We should appreciate American culture, American etiquette. Yeah. So I want the, uh, the ESL students understand that concept. Hmm. I think it's very important, you know. And for another instance, so... In Korean or some Asian, I found the Indian culture, when they get the gift, gift, we don't open it right away. What if I show my face that I don't like this gift? So when we receive the gift, we say thank you, and then put it aside. When the guest left, we open it. 
But American culture in general, they just open it right away. So when my uh, the, uh, Pastor Mark went to India for the first time, they gave the gift to the orphans there. They didn't open it. So he was surprised. Why didn't they open it? Maybe they don't even like to have a gift or something like that. And then later he learned, oh, that's their culture. And then it's our culture. So that kind of differences, without, if you don't learn about that, you'd never understand that, Ronald. So... So uh, throughout the ESL classes, we not only teach uh, English, but also teach these cultural differences, which makes uh, people easy to understand, better understand. And this summer we had, because uh, most American uh, churches, they go by public school calendar. Uh, usually, it was one thing I was so surprised. So you know, in Korea, everything goes on year-round. No break. But here, you break when the school stops. So, but the, we learned that most internationals do not follow that. So they want to uh, keep learning English, but the ESL program stops as the school stops. So about this two and a half months of summertime, they don't know where to go. So this summer, we had a special program, so adult VBS, which uh, was taking place at the same time, our children's VBS. Uh, so we had adult VBS. Actually, Southern Baptist Convention provide the adult VBS materials, the same one for the uh, children. So we had uh, 36 students registered. Reg, uh, in, I mean, uh, average 17 students come to the adult ESL every day from Monday through uh, Friday. 11, in the end of the program, 11 accepted Jesus as their savior. At least they um, said that. Then one became a member of our church and baptized. So I think for a one week of program, this is a great result, I guess. <laughs> and also we had a, we had a, a pavilion, which is a field. So we had a morning at the pavilion, conversations in the cafe, and Friday movie nights, and the cooking class. So we had a different approach to embrace the internationals to keep coming and keep learning English in our church. <laughs> And this is the, one of the uh, pictures of Korean as a second language. Mm. So you see the Africans and Chinese and some, this is our deacon. He went to North Korea four times. So he wanted to learn Korean. So they wanted to also learn Korean. So it go, it's going on. I don't have the Spanish uh, second language picture. And also we have, we offer the citizenship academy, which is for the people who wanted to take a citizenship. Uh, test, so we, we named it Brooks Coleman. So this is Brooks, Mr. Brooks Coleman, which is uh, our church member for over 50 years. And he is a district uh, um, representative for 25 years over. So he retired uh, last year. So we dedicated this center to him because he's education person and our member. So. And the citizenship class is running by these two men, actually. This is a Mr. Kendrick, the uncle of Kendrick brothers. <laughs> and then a retired um, Air Force and 
our Spanish teacher. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have another effort for to embrace multicultural groups of the church. As you heard from our past monthly church-wide cultural fellowship meal, like a Three Kings Day and East Asia New Year's Day, I'll show you later. And also we have a Thanksgiving Day lunch for internationals and members. Mm -hmm. And also we have a Korean fan dance team. And then cross class. And then we, I'll explain. So we have monthly lunch, January, Three Kings Day, Spanish one. And then February, East Asia, and Lunar New Year celebration. March, Celebrate Africa. April, Fish Fry, American, <laughs> for church planning and mission. And Persist Day, and also May, International Food Court, celebrating ESL ministry. So this is, uh, and then June, always we have VVS lunch, inviting VVS uh, families. And July, of course, July 4th celebration, we hit BBQ. <laughs> and August, Indian Independence Day. It's not only Indian, Koreans, and many of uh, East Asian people's uh, Independence Day. But Indians came to our church first, so that's, they began doing this one. And also September, we have Island Sunday, so we celebrate people from uh, Caribbeans and all island countries. In October, we have a tailgate, also this is American, pig skin throw. I thought when I heard pig skin throw, I thought they just really throw the pig skin. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. And then November, we have um, Thanksgiving Day lunch. Um, and December, everybody is busy for preparing for this, uh, so we don't do this. <laughs> she want, you want to see the previous slide? Uh huh. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. You want to take a picture of that? Mm -hmm. These mm -hmm. brothers are planning uh, Hispanic churches in the Winston Salem area. Okay. And they're working with uh, some of our, the associations, some of the Anglo churches. Mm -hmm. um, it may be possibly. The convention is trying to get our Hispanic churches to work with the with the reaching Muslims. Oh yeah, good. So, uh, mm. anyway. mm -hmm. Yep, and these are the uh, info, uh, like our invite invitation card we uh, publish to give out to our uh, people in community. So members bring this to community. So Three Kings Day, East Asia New Year, celebrate Africa, Indian Independence Day, Island Sunday. Yeah, mm. just a, just a sample. Pretty. <laughs> uh, okay, Thanksgiving Day lunch for internationals. Actually, my husband and I began this one because when we came with um, many uh, this Thanksgiving and Christmas are the two major uh, celebration holidays to Americans, so they gather together. This is family time. But many internationals, they do not have a home to go celebrate these uh, events. So we invited, we, our church actually has been doing, um, giving out full uh, Thanksgiving meal to the communities, like uh, 50 different um, families. So, so we got, um, we wanted to have some food, the 
traditional American Thanksgiving uh, meal. So we invited our uh, members who are international. So it began like uh, 15 people came to my We were living in Mission House. So 15 people came and we had this uh, turkey and some, you know, stop uh, Thanksgiving meal. And then next year, I asked to sign up for the internationals. It became 35, so my house house couldn't hold that. So we had in the church. Uh, This event, I'll just read. This event began with 15 international members and guests in 2015. The purpose of was to embrace multi-ethnic members and community neighbors who do not have a home to go for Thanksgiving holiday season and to let them taste the real Thanksgiving meal and fellowship. And it grew each year to have more than 130 participants in 2018. So it began 15, 35, and 80, and then last year we had uh, more than 130 people, not only the internationals, but those who elderly of our members who became a one, didn't have a family or, you know, gathering, they came and enjoyed this full meal. So we had this... And Question. Yeah. Did you have it on Thanksgiving Day? Yes, Thanksgiving Day lunch. Thanksgiving Day lunch. Yeah, not the dinner, because the members who, are, who come for volunteer, they need to go to their family. So, carving... And eating, and then we also demonstrate the carving, how to carve the turkey. They really like it, you know, to see that. Mm-hmm. And our uh, the uh, the uh, who's that? Assistant pastor comes to explain what Thanksgiving means to the um, guests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they really enjoy, and then not only, I told you, not only internationals, but they invite people from outside, but our own church members, uh, they come and enjoy fellowship. Mm-hmm. All right. This is also what I was doing on mission field. I taught uh, my, our Korean fans to the internationals, and they became <laughs> experts. So this is our senior pastor's wife, our first lady. She's just a uh, vigor. I mean, she's willing to do that. So uh, we use this for the evangelism, and uh, we've been invited to the multicultural uh, festivals of the city or different um, events. So we use uh, gospel songs or hymns. Yeah, although they don't under like her amazing grace, how great thou art, it's very familiar. So although they don't know the Korean word or motion, they see this beautiful dance with uh, him. So they are very challenged. Usually, yeah, they are Americans, and one she's from I mean not from India, but Indian descendants. Um, and Russian born, so usually five different <laughs> um, uh, nationalities does that together. And actually, we've been doing this four and a half years. We had a new Korean member came to do the Korean fan dance. Our American members teach Korean to how to uh, uh, do the Korean fan dance. And uh, one special <laughs> one special thing we do is cross class, which is led by our senior pastor. Mm-hmm. One weekday evening, 
at the senior pastor's house for six weeks. It's an intentionally multicultural and multi-generational gathering and focused on learning and experiencing together how to love, reach, and disciple cross-culturally. And it ends with an international potluck party. So we intentionally invite different peoples, our original members, and then different nationalities and families and different um, ages. So we wanted to uh, promote why we do what we do. And also we learn in different four sessions what is your culture? So we learn different cultural uh, aspects of the different groups. And then we have, there is a book, Gospel in 3D. It's like a, the gospel is the same, but we, uh, because I'm from like a shame culture, we focus on um, like a shame of, the, so the, uh, how do I say? Oh, okay. So the gospel is the same, but because your background, cultural background are different, uh, it's different, you accept the gospel in different ways. Like uh, from most of African culture, they are fear-based culture. So uh, the gospel, get rid of your fear. And then um, most Asian culture is a shame culture. So uh, gospel, get rid of your shameful background. And also, and the most Western culture is sin-based. So, God read, get rid of the gospel, get rid of the sin. So, we approach it a different nationality, a different uh, cultural background, people to a different way. So, we learn this one. Also, generational intelligence is like a generational gap. So it's not only happening in America, but in worldwide. So we teach about that. And also racial reconciliation. So these are the four topics we teach and discuss in cross-class. We have some... Big congregation from uh, Nigeria and Africa. You know, when racial reconciliation time, they debate really, really seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just to. Uh, I just pretend. Uh, presented. You know, you see, I'm ESL student myself. You see. <laughs> Um, so I'm still learning, and I wish I could speak English perfect. <laughs> so uh, I am acting a morning ESL director. I recruited teachers. Like her, we have a, a retired AT&T vice president, and then most of the teacher, ESL teachers are the retired school teachers. But they work appreciating my leadership, so they are working under me. And then, and in the beginning, when I formed the Morning ESL, how could I be a director you know, as a second language person myself? But God gave me this, okay, you can be an encourager to the ESL students, you know? And then, because they see me leading these white American people. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
mexicana teniendo a estas gentes bajo mí. En los... Pero cuando las otras personas de otras culturas me vienen a mí como coreana, que yo estoy supervisando a personas americanas, ellos cobran ánimo. And also the students can see these white, very much high, like upper class white people congregation, the church members embrace this uh, uh, colored person and still speak broken English as a, their leader. I thought that was great uh, encouragement to both sides. So I'm enjoying being there as a drag. And um, so I've just presented what we do in our church to embrace uh, many different language groups, cultural groups to be a part of and to be comfortable to come to our church and have a service in oneness and one voice. But after all this effort, I wanted to say just two things. As I uh, give you the testimony, right? morning ESL, how God made it possible. So, I felt that we need a morning ESL. I believe that was from God. So, I gave out invitations to uh, recruiting to recruit these English teachers. We have to have teachers and help us. So I sent out uh, emails and then a personal approach I made. She's, uh, uh, this lady is Becky Sproles. She's one of our deacon's wife. She was a, a retired school teacher. And at that time, she was the uh, reception desk volunteer. So you come and then sit in the reception desk and then receive the phone calls and then direct people and things, giving information. So I thought she would be a very good ESL teacher. So I asked her, Becky, would you be a morning ESL teacher? She said, Mm, I think my ministry is reception desk, receptionist. But since you told me that, I will uh, pray about that. Next Wednesday morning, this lady, Halime, she's from Iran. She walked 40 minutes to come to our church. And she came in at the reception desk. I want to learn English. But I cannot come evening time because I work during evening time. She was there as a receptionist. She accepted that as God's call. You need to teach yes, morning ESL. So she became very regular attendant to our ESL class, and then she led her to come to our service. So she regularly come, comes to our, attend our service. We are not sure yet, because there was one time she said, I'm a believer, but also in the cultural background, it could, be, could mean many things. So we are not sure at this moment if she became, she's not a Christian yet. But this was a great uh, 
like a big step that one Iranian lady, Muslim, always wearing, she claims to be a Muslim, came as a as an answer from God to this American lady to be a uh, part of teaching English to the foreigners. So she resigned to be the receptionist and became ESL teacher. And this day was she became a citizen. You know, you do citizenship, uh, uh, citizen. So she uh, went there to the se- uh, to celebrate her. Mm. So. When God wants to do some things from us, He sends people and He shows the sign. So these are the uh, testimony how God made it possible. And also, God works among us to make it possible for His ministry. Then what do we do then? We need to connect personally to those who got sent. Although Halime came walking 40 minutes to learn English, if Becky didn't accept her as a sign or you know her ministry, it would not have happened. So, we had a ESL, uh, evening ESL like a decade, more than 20 or 50, uh, 30 years. But no one was connected to our service or uh, main church event. Then I began teaching and I, my way of teaching is to ask a native speaker, come aside, uh, come together with me and then uh, correct pronunciation. So I invited this uh, Miss May to teach with me. In our in my our class, there was a lady from Mexico, Gala. Uh, she was there over two years in ESL, but she never came to visit our church service or anything. But since May came to. She became a friend of this ESL students. May just texted and called, and then they met outside a church and did jogging and shopping together, and they shared life together. Only that way, Carla became uh, to attend our worship service. And then she also came to the Thanksgiving lunch, and also this is uh, East, Asia, East Asia New Year's lunch. We always does this after the church service. So she came and uh, to church service, and these our senior pastors wearing Korean costume. So God works. And our responsibility is to connect these people God brought personally. That way we complete the gospel spread out. Yeah. So our direction, after all, Revelation 5.9. I didn't mean, but it was also was read during this service, you know. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. Mm-hmm. 
porque tú fuiste inmolado o sacrificado y con tu sangre compraste para Dios personas de toda tribu, lenguaje, pueblo y nación. So what is the ultimate purpose of what we do? Entonces, ¿cuál es el propósito último de lo que hacemos? Purchased for God by his blood. Comprado para Dios a través de su sangre. I found this in the internet from every tribe and language and people and nation is Revelation 5:9. Jesus is not white. He's somewhere from like a darker face. And you know, maybe from Andes, you know, Egypt and then cowboy and looks like someone from Sudan or in Africa, Korea in some tribals and uh, Andes like her. So it's a different picture but it represents what we do. And then um, yeah, so the, <laughs> right, um, I thought this was not a teaching session because what I do is not teaching English teaching, but it's to represent our, what our, our how and what our church is doing. So now oh, we have only five minutes, uh, ten minutes. Any, um, I want to know why you are here, actually. <laughs> Mr. Ross? Yeah, um, I've been a youth pastor at my church for about almost three years, mm -hmm. and uh, we just recently hired a, uh, a Hispanic intern mm -hmm. because uh, the majority of our community is Hispanic, but our church doesn't reflect that. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been, you know, over the past few years, we've been working hard towards making our church reflect <clears throat> what our community looks like, and we've seen great strides, so we, we brought him in. Uh, I guess to be like our, our man of peace. And mm. He's done a wonderful job. He's here with us today. Um, and so because of that, we're seeing some of the Hispanic teenagers coming into our youth group. And uh, it's just been really um, a fascinating thing for us to see how God has worked mm -hmm. through that. Um, yeah. Seeing what our community like, looks like, but our church doesn't. Our church has interns from Korea, India, and uh, Nigeria, and we have now the associate worker from um, she's uh, Mexican. So, um, any question for this? All right. She said, "He said this is very impressive." Thank you. He said, "This is why I'm here because we're trying to reach." ¿Cómo pueden trabajar en el discipulado? How can you work uh, in the area of discipleship? ¿Y cómo en el personal? And how do you work as far as uh, personally shepherding or pastoring these people? Uh, yeah, I just uh, shared about how God brought people together to make one ministry possible. And also I shared that our, then our portion is to approach them personally. Only that way we can build a relationship and can have we can uh, have those outsiders to inside a church. Mm -hmm. 
I believe every discipleship uh, effort uh, begins with this relational um, approach. And then also, this is our church's ongoing uh, like effort how to disciple these different generations and different peoples. But always, I think Jesus is the number one example for us. He lived with them. He didn't just teach and, okay, classes end and then he didn't go home. He was living with them. But it's, this is difficult in our uh, reality. So there are many tactics or uh, informations how to disciple. I didn't. I even saw that how to make a multicultural disciples in other sections. So. So. That could be answers from someone more uh, toward on discipleship training. He wants to know if you have a, a leader that is designated. Uh, Our youth, youth pastor. Oh. oh, yeah. Me and my husband were the uh, Korean side. So we have an Indian, this lady who was sitting next to me. She was, she is the Indian intern. So, but Indians they do not need to learn English. They speak English. So we have a Spanish. We had this. Uh, um, he is our deacon, first deacon. Uh, he's our deacon. He's from uh, El Salvador, Guatemala. I always confuse. Sorry. And then he, but he was a retired uh, school teacher. School. Uh, principal in America, so she ca he came to our church and he became a deacon and he was the um, like a leading, uh, he's the uh, Spanish interpreter as well as Spanish teacher for the Spanish class. Um, but recently we hired a Mexican-American girl who was graduated from um, uh, uh, college, so she's doing interpretation and then connecting things. Mm. And we, uh, listen, we uh, need to go because it's 11.30, time yeah. to lunch. Oh, yeah. I'm one of the table hosts. Yeah. And I need to get these gentlemen over to my Yeah, table. if you have any, maybe just to run into. Advantage. And God works if he wants. And then we just listen and follow. And then we, we open our hearts. Then he will work through. Thank you very much. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you.